Tua. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, that is a wrap on the 2022 NFL Draft. We're breaking down not one, not two, but three draft picks. We'll get to the stats, the film, their media availabilities, plus we'll hear from GM Chris Greer and head coach Mike McDaniel in their post-draft press conferences. All of that and a heck of a lot more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins made three draft picks on Saturday, the third day of the 2022 NFL Draft, and it kicked off at Texas Tech in the fourth round with the 125th pick in the draft. Wide receiver Eric Izukama, a six foot three, 220 pound receiver from Texas Tech, from Fort Worth, Texas, where he played his high school football. One of the bigger receivers in this class, a guy that can go up and make plays in the football, good body composition, high cut, can really ex- extend the arms, extend those, I should say, elevate and extend those arms and go high point the football. He grew up one of seven children to a single mother who's also a frontline nurse. We'll hear about that here in just a second as he talks about that at his media availability. In his Texas Tech career, 138 catches, 2,165 yards. That's good for 15.7 a pop and 15 touchdowns. He led the Red Raiders offense in receiving each of the last three seasons, and that was with five different quarterbacks. You go back and watch the tape this year, a couple of quarterbacks and a couple of difficult times getting the ball to him downfield where he's open and the ball is just not there. In fact, back in 2019, he led the Big 12 in receiving, edging out Baylor's Tyquan Thornton, who was drafted in the second round to the New England Patriots. He also played almost exclusively on the outside at Tech, but he did have 185 snaps in the slot the last three years compared to roughly 1,000 snaps out wide, but you can see some of that versatility. Special teams-wise, he was mostly a returner, 84 return snaps, just six in coverage on punt and kick teams, but his skill set really translates to some of those coverage roles. Long arms can really kind of jam guys up and, and put hands on people and play physical but also fast to get down the field to cover a punt, to cover a kick, and he talked about that in his media, which we'll get to here in just one second. He measured a 4-5-2 40-yard dash at his pro day, did not work out in Indy, had a 4-2-8 shuttle, 10-6 broad, 36.5-inch vert, and again, 33.5-inch arms. And you will see that by the way he can kind of post up, set down some zones. If the ball's high, he goes up and plucks that thing, catches the ball very strongly, has very strong hands, and you can see that with off-frame type of catches. You go to the athletic scouting report by Dane Brugler, Good blend of size and speed, excellent body control, kind of like Chris Chambers in that way, the way he can contort himself and get his feet down on the sideline or just stay in control on an erratic pass and get his hands out wide, pull that thing back into his frame. He was a captain as a redshirt freshman at Texas Tech. We'll talk to him about that in just one second. And he ran the Z position in Sonny Cumbie's version of the Air Raid. And his career, Cumbie's, began at Texas Tech back in 09 when he was there with Mike Leach, which is ball out quick, spread that thing out wide, and it really tried to stretch the defense vertically and horizontally. So he played in a similar system to some of the spread techniques, or I should say spread principles you get in the National Football League. Some pro football focus data for you. 
Over the last two years, 36 contested catch opportunities. He pulled down 20 of those. That's 55%. A little bit better than league average in the college football. Five catches of 45-plus yards last season. But he averaged 7.8 yards after the catch in 2021. That was 16th among all receivers who had at least 50 targets in college football. Now, I like this number, too, these next couple numbers, actually. He caught 11 of 20 balls in the intermediate, 10 to 19 yards. Again, go look at the tape. A lot of those balls are off target, off frame. But for 213 yards and a touchdown, so he caught those things short, took them long. You heard Charles Davis on the broadcast on NFL Network talking about throw short, run long. That's a big part of his game. And you can see that on jet sweeps because he caught 11 passes behind the line in between the numbers, and Tech would run these little swing routes where he would go in kind of this orbit motion around the quarterback, and they would swing it out wide. But because of the wide hash marks, he caught it between the numbers. So there's a few of those. But by and large, those were some of those jet sweep pop passes where the quarterback catches it, pops it out right in front of him, and the receiver going in motion catches it and takes off. 11 of those for 115 yards, so better than 10 yards per catch when he's catching the football three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Not bad, not bad at all. So that is the deep dive. You can check out the five things piece up on MiamiDolphins.com. Let's go ahead and turn now to his media where he was asked on Saturday by the South Florida media, myself included, about the Dolphins hat he was wearing at the media availability, talking about getting that at the combine and spending time with the Dolphins throughout the process and really liking what he learned about the Dolphins coaching staff and those meetings he had with the club. Also talked a little bit about learning from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and his excitement about the opportunity to do that, but also Wes Welker, wide receivers coach, who, of course, played his college football at Texas Tech. Let's go ahead and hear him expand upon the opportunity to come here and play under Wes Welker in that wide receiver room. Uh, you know, he's a Red Raider. He's, a, you know, Red Raider blood, just like me. So <laughs> a lot of contact throughout the process and, with Wes Welker, you know, taking a chance on me and the Miami uh, franchise, you know, I, I appreciate them so much. And, you know, I'm grateful for this opportunity and I'm ready just to work. I mentioned he was a captain as a true freshman there at Texas Tech. Let's go ahead and hear him talk about the importance of locker room and being a guy that can be, leaded, can be a leader and be trusted upon inside that locker room. Man, the locker room is everything because that's really where the team, you know, collaborates and, you know, works together you know, outside of the coaches. And, you know, you want to be a player-led program. You know, uh, you want guys in the locker room to uplift each other, you know, not be, you know, one of those guys that, you know, bring bring each other down. So, you know, I'm willing to go in there and, and you know, learn my role, you know, with, you know, the team. And, you know, as I gradually, you know, get up in the ranks, you know, earn my respect, uh, I feel like I can hop into that leadership role. Let's go ahead and hear him talk now about special teams and his experience in the third phase in the college game and, of course, heading into the NFL now. Yes, sir. Uh, I did a, a lot of uh, front-line kickoff return. You know, I, I was blocking a lot in the front line, either in the center or the, the edge. I did a lot of gunner as well. Um, also kind of kickoff uh, the, edge, the edge guy at number 9 or 10 coming off the edge, you know, being the fold player. And here's a follow-up about the skill set behind playing the gunner position on special teams. Uh, it's kind of just like being a receiver, you know, getting off the line and running as fast as you can down the field, you know, before the, the punt returner catches the ball. So, you know, that if you know that's what they need me to do, I'll do whatever it takes uh, to make it on the roster. And, of course, the physical nature of special teams also translates to playing the receiver position, especially when it comes to the contested catches. You heard me talk about the stats earlier. Here's EE talking about going up and getting the football. And that's one of my strong suits. I feel like uh, 
throughout my career, I've really worked on contested catches, you know, bang, bang plays, uh, you know, in the beginning, I feel like in the beginning of my, you know, career at Tech, you know, that was one of the places I struggled at, but I gained uh, more confidence with that and, you know, just getting bigger in the weight room, buying into the weight room and, and uh, being able to make those contested catches, contested catches, even if, you know, a defender's on my back or hitting me at the same time. So I feel like that's one of uh, my, you know, high points in my game. Mentioned his six siblings and being raised in a single mother home as a child, a frontline worker as a nurse was his mother recently through the pandemic. And of course, growing up as well, here he is talking about how important his mother was in his life. Man, she's really the reason I'm sitting right here today. I, I really believe that because, you know, I watched her grind every day, working nights, you know, five to 7 a.m. in the morning, you know, and then going right back to it. And growing up, you know, I had to grow up fast. Uh, being older brother and little brother at the same time, I had to, you know, get them, uh, out of the house to go to school and I also had to go to school myself. So it was just, man, growing up really fast. And I feel like without her, I couldn't have watched her work ethic and, and watch her grind. And I feel like, you know, all that grinding, you know, just instilled in me. And I feel like obviously that's why I'm here right now. Really great stuff there. And speaking of that Texas Tech connection we mentioned earlier with Wes Wilker, also gave him a connection to Patrick Mahomes, who he trained with a little bit. Here he is talking about Patrick Mahomes and training with the Chiefs quarterback. It was it was a cool experience. You know, I, I went out to uh, the place he works out at, and we worked out twice, actually. And, and, you know, the first time I went over there and we worked out, he, you know, was very encouraging. And he was just letting me know, you know, the grind doesn't stop here. You know, so basically you're going to get drafted and then you're going to be grinding till next off season. And, and with that, you know, you got to stay hungry and, and be the first one in, into the film room and have a, a note and, and pen uh, whenever you're, you know, learning anything and just be a sponge throughout the process because, you know, they're looking for that and they, and they want to see, you know, you be the first in line in every situation. And of course, we want to know about the Dolphins quarterback. What does he know about watching Tua when he was a little bit younger Here's the new Dolphins receiver on his new quarterback. You know, I've watched Tua in the national championship, you know, when I was a kid, just a couple of years ago, just, you know, hoping to be in that, you know, same situation as him. And, you know, to watch, to watch him uh, grow in the NFL and, you know, learn, obviously, it's, it's going to be experience. And I want to come in and get with him as soon as possible, you know, run as many routes as he wants me to run, you know, just, just to get that chemistry going and, and get that get that uh, friendship going. Really, really good stuff there from the Dolphins' new wide receiver, Eric Izukama. Let's go ahead and take our first break and come back on the other side and get to our deep dive and media coverage on the other two draft picks the Dolphins made today. And we'll also hear from Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel. That next here on the Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Back here on a special Sunday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, recapping Day three of the National Football League Draft 2022 edition. We have four draft picks. Of course, we're going to cover the UDFA class coming up your way, and we're going to have sit-downs with each of these draft picks. You won't want to miss those up on the YouTube channel as well here on the Drive Time Podcast coming your way this week. The Dolphins made their second pick of day three, their third pick of the draft in general, and it goes number 224 off the board, Cal Edge, outside linebacker, Cameron Good, a six foot two and a half, 240 pound outside linebacker. 
played five years at Cal after a redshirt freshman season, so he has played plenty of football. 172 total tackles, 36 of those for loss, 21 and a half career sacks, two picks, scored touchdowns on both of those, nine passes defensed, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries in his career at Cal Berkeley. In 2019, nine and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and last year, six and a half sacks, and eight and a half tackles for loss. He missed a big chunk of 2020, the COVID-shortened season, with injuries and, and missing time on the COVID list as well. But you, if you consider that the production he had 2019 and 2021, think about what he probably could have done in 2020. He's been one of the most productive players in college football over that time. In fact, the most pressures in the Pac-12 since 2019, Bradley Anai, who was a fifth-round pick of the Detroit Lions in 2020, one of my favorite edge prospects in that class from Utah, led the way with 61 pressures since, uh, since 2019. Kayvon Thibodeau had 51 pressures. Now, of course, he opted out, which tells you how great he is, which is why he was the fifth pick in the draft. And then third place was UCLA's former third-round pick in 2021, Osa Odigizua from UCLA of the Cowboys. He also had 51 QB pressures. And then just one shy of both of those guys, a number five overall pick and a third-round pick, was Cal's Cameron Good with 50 pressures over the course of that time. Now, how does he get after the quarterback? How does he play his game? Sheer athletic ability, 9.46 RAS. That's the relative athletic scorecard, one of the top scores among all edges in this class. A 40-yard dash of 4.58 seconds. That is really good time off the edge. 39-inch vertical tells you about his explosiveness. 4.29 on the short shuttle and 6.91 on the three cone. We'll talk about the way that can impact his game as a rusher, his game as a edge defender, an edge setter, I should say. He just he does so much with the agility, which is a big part of running games up front, right? Stunts, twists, and slants. Loose hips can kind of work inside, outside. Works off blocks and can execute games at a high rate with an inside rush or an outside rush. Heavy hands. You watch his two-handed swipe. He can really get offensive linemen to pull out that punch, swipe it away, and get after the quarterback that way. He's really developed his pass rush game over the course of a long career there at Cal. So you come in with the NFL with some polish and plenty and plenty of production, plenty, plenty of snaps played. His 2021 workload is he never left the damn field. He had two games where he played 36 and 49 snaps, another game with 58 snaps. Everything else, the other eight games, was either in the 60s or 70s. Four games with 60-plus snaps, four more games with 70-plus snaps. That's eight games where he played 60 or more snaps. That is really, really tough to do from a conditioning standpoint, especially at that position, rushing the quarterback in the pass-heavy Pac-12 Goodness gracious. Also have NFL bloodlines. His father was a fifth-round pick of the Falcons out of Oklahoma back in 1991. Why don't we go ahead now and turn over to his media availability and hear from new Dolphins outside linebacker Cameron Good. And we'll find out why he said this here in just one second, but he said he always kind of loved Florida and wanted to live here. Uh, yeah, this was great. It was honestly definitely one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, I just love Miami. I've always loved Florida, so I was, I'm excited to come out there. Uh, the, the coaches were great. I love the coaches. I met with Coach Camp, Coach McKenzie. Um, so I love the coaches. Felt like I built, built a good relationship with them. And yeah, I'm just ready to go out there. Short and sweet here with Cameron. We'll go ahead and finish up here talking about what advice his father gave him about playing in the National Football League, a former fifth round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he's just, he's always um, telling me about his experiences. Um, I just know it's going to be, it's a mental battle. You always got to be mentally strong. 
Um, it's a long process. Uh, it's a fight. Everybody's good. So things like that, just stand mentally in it and just keep going, really, and just keep working. So there you go. Cameron Good, the first of two seventh-round draft picks for your Miami Dolphins. We go next here to the deep dive on quarterback Skylar Thompson from Kansas State, who spent a lot of time at K-State in Manhattan, Kansas, and posted a 62.4% career completion percentage on 885 career throws, 7,134 yards, 42 touchdowns, 16 picks. He had 354 carries for over 1,000 yards, 26 rushing touchdowns as well. So the interesting makeup there in terms of the skill set that he has, I think especially when you look at the addition of Chris Strebler this offseason as well, and you go back to North Dakota State when they had Carson Wentz, they eventually had Easton Stick and then Trey Lance. The coach that coached those guys was the new coach at Kansas State who took over for Bill Snyder, who coached at Kansas State for a million years. But I thought it was interesting to think about the comparison from body type and play style and dual threat because that's what Strebler is, and that's what Skylar Thompson is with the ability to keep the football on designed runs and perhaps the potential for some fun usage of those guys in, in certain snaps and certain looks that you get on offense. If you can develop them, that's great. If you can get them on the field, even better. He's a very creative scrambler, very, very creative in the way he gets out of pressure and just keep plays alive. And then once he does that, you're at a risk for him to eventually chew with his legs. Before 9-1-40, not going to blow by you, but that's plenty after he does his Houdini act in the pocket and then is left with only the hulking defensive lineman to chase him down at that 4-9-1-40. He jumped 31 inches in the, bro- in the vertical, I should say, 112 inches in the broad jump, had a 7-second flat 3-cone, a 4-2-8 shuttle, and those athletic measurements, again, show up in the running game. 62 career runs of 10-plus yards, had over 800 rushing yards on designed runs compared to just 96 as a scrambler, so a little better in the running game there. He averaged 2.11 yards after contact, so he's going to make the defense earn those tackles, and he rushed for 4.9 yards per carry and 97 first downs in his career. Last season, throwing the football under pressure, 9.2 yards per attempt. That was 641 yards on 70 pass attempts, three touchdowns, no picks, and he really threw the ball well to the intermediate and deep portions of the field. Last year, 50% throwing the ball 20-plus yards down the field. That was good for 19.2 yards per pass and nearly 40 per completion. And K-State dropped four of those passes as well. In the intermediate range, 61.4% completion in that 10 to 19-yard range with five touchdowns compared to just one pick and 10.8 yards per pass, 477 total yards there. So interesting prospect here, interesting player to... And you'll hear about kind of the way he embraces the game, the way he embraces being a good teammate in the locker room. We'll hear Coach McDaniel talk about that. But first, let's go ahead and go to Skyler now and his media availability and start here with Skyler talking about the strengths of his game, which I thought this answer just got better as it went along, talking about being in multiple locker rooms and the way different guys lead, the ultimate meritocracy that really is football and just being inundated with the different ways different players respond to things as a big strength of his game, which, you know, you come in here as a seventh round draft pick. I mean, you want to make an impact on the field and do your best to put yourself in the best position to be relied upon as a quarterback on the roster. But I think when you, you talk about the mindset, and again, we'll, we'll come back to the passion here later that he feels for the game or that Mike McDaniel feels that he sees when he put on the K-State tape. And you'll also hear Chris Greer talk a little bit about how Kansas State always found ways to to have comebacks and make these big 
heroic moments late in games. You might recall a couple of years ago, there was an Oklahoma game when Kansas State picked them off. It was a big game for Skylar Thompson. And I think that his ability to kind of galvanize his teammates on that K-State team and staying there for as many years as he did and really kind of being the driving force behind that offense and behind that football team, I think it was a big impact for that club. And so for his opportunity to come in here and try to put his own twist on that, put his own flavor on that. I mean, he talked a little bit about uh, you know, getting his foot in the door and learning the playbook and just being a great teammate. That's what he's here for, to win, whatever that may look like. Whatever his role is on the team, going to go out and do that, talking about being excited to do that. And, of course, he was pumped up, as as everyone is, to get down to this building here in, in South Florida. But just talking about being excited to get in the quarterback room, to get around the coaches, get around the players, and do whatever the role is they ask of him. That's what he's focused on. He says focused on winning, being the best teammate and leader that he can possibly be and impact his teammates and make those around him better is what he's mainly focused on, he said. And McDaniel talked about that a lot, right? About how you want to acquire players that make your football team better, not just with their own efforts, but how they make those around them better. And that's a little bit of what Skylar Thompson talked about here. Let's go ahead and get to this next answer about leadership, the meritocracy of football, different locker rooms, and how he wants to embrace this approach with Miami. Yeah, uh, well, I definitely don't feel any pressure as far as me being older that my career has to accelerate quicker, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I, I think my age is, is, is a benefit to me. I've, I've played a lot of football games. I've experienced a lot of different situations in football. Um, you name it, I've experienced it. And in every type of adversity you could think of that a quarterback could experience, I've experienced it. And, and I fought through and I've overcome and I'm still standing strong. And, you know, that's, that's the biggest asset for me. And, um, you know, I think it just brings, you know, I, I bring a level of leadership that, you know, can be, you know, replicated at, at all spots just because I've been around so many locker rooms. I've ex- you know, I've had so many different encounters with players from all over the place, developed great relationships. Um, I've been a four-year team captain, um, you know, like that. All that is just, it's just tools in my toolbox. And it's given me experiences to really bring, you know, a great perspective to an organization. Um, and, and that's what I hope to bring to the Miami Dolphins. Let's finish up with one more here from Skylar Thompson as he was asked by me if there's a quarterback out there that he really looked up to as a youth and in college and modeled his game after. His answer, a certain quarterback who we've heard comparisons about here to a different quarterback in Miami. Yeah, I was always, always Drew Brees. Um, I always just loved the way that Drew played, the way that he, the way that he leads first and foremost. You know, everybody, everybody's seen his pregame hoorah speeches and, and getting his teammates fired up and playing hard. Um, I really love the way he, he just makes plays. Uh, like you never... You never, uh, you know, when, when, when the team needs him to make a play, uh, Drew, Drew Brees is there and very consistent of who he is as a person, as a player. Uh, you know, on paper, you know, people would say he's undersized, doesn't have the strongest arm, whatever. Drew Brees always found a way to win, always found a, found a way to, to prove the naysayers wrong and, now, I just always admired him about that, the way that he carried himself, the way that he led, the great teammate he was. Um, and, you know, he, he's a gamer. He, you could tell he, he's just a, a football player and found ways to, to, to get his, his team on the winning side of the scoreboard, which I always admired and looked up to. 
There he goes. Dolphins seventh round draft pick, 247 overall. Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State. That is a wrap on this year's NFL draft. We also have reports of undrafted free agent signing. We won't report on that until we have it officially, have him here in the building and can give you guys that information. But do keep an eye out coming up here soon for the Emory Hunt UDFA class breakdown from CBS Sports HQ. This guy we have on the podcast every year before the draft. And he talks about, oh, I like player X from University of Alaska, Anchorage, Bankside, uh, Canada edition uh, because and, you know he, he watches every football game that ever was played. So we'll have him breaking down all the UDFA class here for us with the Miami Dolphins. We'll also have sit-downs with each of these players you just heard on the podcast today. But coming up next, after our break here, we're going to hear from Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel as they put a bow on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast with their post-draft press conference here on Drive Time. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. And now we get into the press conference of Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel. And look, Coach McDaniel's going to give us a lot of good stuff on these forever. These are always fun with him. We kick it off here when he was asked about how did the process go? How much fun was it for you your first time around as the head coach for an NFL draft? Here's Coach McDaniel on patience and a virtue. It was fun. It was um, it, it was an exercise in patience, but it, I think it was an exercise in patience and virtue. You know, pumped about the the players that we added, so that was fun. Yeah, I was the closer kind of, so he had the hard work of the opener and the. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Um, it's a special moment for a lot of people and you can hear it, um, in the background, uh, especially. So, um, it's a, it's a cool thing to be a part of. Also love what coach said in the beginning of the press conference, talking about how much warmer it was in the media room compared to the draft room, because in the media room back here, that's not where we, we work in the studio. It's always really cold back here. That's why I'm always wearing a sweatshirt. So good to have Mike recognize that for us as well back here in Antarctica. But let's go ahead and get now to some more serious football stuff here. As Chris Greer was asked about the process behind the first pick of the day and a wide receiver and best player available. Yeah, I think, you know, with us, we always go down the board. We always talk about looking at the best players available. So um, we got to that pick, and it was a, he was a player we had talked about. We visited with him, spent some time. Wes worked him out, went there, and he was on Mike from day one about – getting a Red Raider receiver in here. So um, we dealt with Wes all, you know, all spring, um, talking him up. But uh, he did it. We had a good workout with him. We did a private workout with him as well and did a nice job for us. So we got to know him, and uh, he was the kind of player that fit our profile for what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So good kid, tough, um, yeah. catches the ball well. He blocks, you know, run after catch or things. So um, when he was there and we looked at the board, uh, we just we said we had to take him. We're going to get a two-part Q&A here for Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel. And I want to go all the way to the end of the McDaniel answer because I love the way he finished his answer here when he was asked, or Chris Greer rather, was asked about his comments about the offensive line group being one of the true strengths of this year's draft and the Dolphins not coming out of the draft with anybody on the offensive line. We'll see what happens in UDFA. But here's Chris Greer talking about that and then Mike McDaniel following up. We were looking, but, you know, we're happy with the players we got. But, yeah, there were opportunities where we made calls and tried to, you know, uh, get some deals done. But um, sometimes uh, the ball bounces that way. So uh, for us, uh, you know, Mike was antsy a couple times. So, you know, we were, we were on the phone and we were, we were, uh, we were joking about how no one wanted to do business with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, and, and you, you really want to just make sure that at the end of the day, you have four draft picks. So you're, you're, 
you're going into the um, both both days that are really all three days of the draft saying, you know what, we want to make our team better as best we can. Um, and you want to feel good about the, the players that you add and the players that, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are on the field, um, a lot of positions to fill. But bottom line is we need some Miami Dolphins that um, our locker room uh, can embrace and that can make the players that we have better and make the team better. And that's what we did. We feel great about that. Making the team better, making players on the team better. We heard Skylar Thompson talk about leadership role and serving the team and being in whatever role they ask of him. Well, here's Coach McDaniel and Chris Greer talking about the things that attracted them to quarterback Skylar Thompson. Yeah, I think uh, going through the process here, we've all kind of seen him over the years, you know, uh, there because it seems like every year Kansas State pulls a big upset over someone and he has a game that people end up talking about. So he's a competitive kid that smart, tough, you know, he's got some athletic ability. So um, always appreciate how he played and then how their coaches and people around him talked about the, the character and the person. It was always intriguing. And then we got to the point here at the end where, you know, the, there was a guy that has some uh, potential to develop, you know, as a quarterback and uh, has some upside. So um, we're excited. And then the coaching staff and Mike, you know, I'll let him speak on them, but they, you know, followed suit with their work. No, you're just, you're excited when, you turn on the tape and you see a guy with passion play the position of quarterback. Um, that's really you, you could feel how his his command and his competitiveness, and that's something that um, only uh, uh, the entire team benefits from because you you know you're touching the ball all the time, you're making decisions. So um, felt uh, good about that opportunity. I just really liked the way he played the game and how competitive he was, and um, I think the. You know, everyone will be excited that we 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 add another competitor to the to the team and um, move forward in that way. Skyler by far had the best audience too <laughs> around him. Um, they were all great, but uh, he was. It, they I think he had like several people screaming in his ear <laughs> and into the phone because it was it was that loud. So um, got a lot of people excited about it thought about that comment about the passion of the position, and I thought about all the times that Tua threw a touchdown pass and really pumped the fist and, and got excited and got in guys' faces and that kind of – thought about that when he answered that question that way. Up next, another evaluation, fourth-round wide receiver, Eric Azukama. Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, talking about what attracted them to the Texas Tech wide receiver. I thought he'd be a really good guy to draft. Chris agreed, so he drafted him. He was <laughs> – no. Um, he – the the cool the cool part about Eric is that um, that he competes uh, and he and he's a he he does it um, you know we, we've we've talked about it at length you know Wes um, I know Wes believes it and a lot of um, the receivers in in the room are starting to understand it but you can really dictate um, the 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 toughness and physicality of a team. Um, with how guys go about their business. That's one unique thing I think we have um, is, is that however fast they are, all of our receivers compete and play tough. And that's um, uh, watching Eric do something similar in a completely different body type. Um, it was exciting to watch him play. And I think he fits kind of the energy and, uh, and, and the skill level that we're looking for. We want guys to be fast or play fast. Um, and, and 
doing both with a decisiveness and 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 a team first uh, passion that he 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 bleeds. So excited at at him. That was that was the biggest thing. I saw a football player playing the receiver position. That last little comment there about a football player at the wide receiver position. You know what that made me think about? Who would know that better than former Yale wide receiver Mike McDaniel, right? You talk about the, the body build, the body composition, the athletic traits. Mike talked about this before as well. Like he really had to put in the work to get himself in position to be a college receiver. And that, that kind of translated to me about the way they work and the way they kind of put themselves in position with competitiveness and a love for the game. Up next, they were asked about the roster compared to when they first got here with Mike McDaniel compared to now, but he took an opportunity to talk about building this together as a collaboration, not just the coaching staff, not just the players, everybody involved. Uh, it's exciting, but you're not sure. You know, I, I'd like to think that Chris thinks that I'm, that I'm a pretty good coach, but then he, he was aggressively adding um, a lot of really good players. So um, he, he recognized that a good coach needs help. He needs good players. It's a collective um, so, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it was a compliment or if, if he was like saying, hey, dude, you need some help. Um, but regardless, the end, end result, I uh, feel very good. Um, just about the whole team. You know, it's not just about the guys that we added. It's about um, a collective group of people, uh, whether you're, you're in your first year or you've been a Miami Dolphin for two or three years. You just you want people to all agree on the front end to say, hey, you know what, we're going to we're ready to do something um, together and fully commit to it. Um, and I think that that's what I'm most excited about because when I first got here, you know, we didn't have a team meeting. I was, um, I was individually meeting people um, that were, uh, you know, maybe two, two or three guys a, a day. And then the rest were FaceTime and phone calls. Now um, we have the energy of a, a full nucleus. And um, I know one thing, we have a, a group of, of guys that um, with, with these uh, college guys now joining that are that are committed to um, trying to win football games. And that's what's the best part about the roster now. So he touches on the roster there, and then he was asked about the process and kind of how he feels about it coming to its conclusion. And he talked a little bit about how he feels like there has been a lot of work done, but also nothing has been done because he talked about focusing on the one thing on the football field and practicing and getting better at football and having a chance to watch Tyreek Hill and practice and liking the draft picks they've made so far, but talking about how good they felt about the process, but also how good it feels to for everybody in the building can attest to that, to the draft process being over and getting back to football. Let's go ahead and finish up here, and I'll play the question because it's from ya boy. This is your guys' first time in this process together, working you know through the draft, through free agency. I'm just curious if you guys learned anything from each other throughout the course of this process the first time around. I learned he likes sushi. He's a tough guy to compete with. Crushing sushi on uh, Thursday night, <laughs> and, and he's a tough guy to compete with with uh, cherry or cherry Pepsi consumption. <laughs> I tried to go bottle for bottle with him, and I couldn't keep up. I really couldn't. Um, so that was humbling, I guess. But you know, it's, it's been it's been yeah. great. It's been uh, you're excited to. Uh, get involved in the process and it's felt like we've worked together um for a long time uh, you know to the point that i feel like chris might sometimes he looks at me and he's like uh we've worked together a long time i'm kind of sick of you at this point <laughs> which i think uh is good for everyone no it's been good it's been good we've had uh it's been good uh, even when you've disagreed on players we spend time watching um 
the players and talking through why and talking with the coaching staff and scouts. So it's been a good process. It's been fun. Um, uh, I think for everybody, it's been enjoyable. The scouts, coaches, I've had a number of even coaches that have uh, Mike has hired come in and said it's, they've enjoyed this process because it's just been different and the openness, communication just from other places they've been coming in here. So it's uh, it's been fun and um, we feel good about the process, but still work to be done. Man, I sure hope I can get the joke answer from the question and then a legit answer after that. That's exactly what we're going for here. So there you have it. The last draft edition of the Drive Time Podcast, at least as far as draft coverage goes. We're going to keep talking about this class as we go along. I mentioned the UDFA class coming up. We have interviews with Channing Tindall, with Skylar Thompson, with Eric Ezekama, as well as... uh, Cameron Good, excuse me, choking back down a little bit. We also have other content, Making Cafecito with the Guys, the UDFA podcast we mentioned, and just a quick shout-out to everyone in the building working their butts off this weekend. You guys would be blown away by the amount of work that everyone across the entire building puts in for this weekend to really happen and go smoothly. I imagine the same way across the rest of the National Football League, but you see it here in Miami. It's fun to be a part of a full team effort. All right, that is going to be my time. You guys all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins across all social media platforms. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ. And, of course, our YouTube show, which is every Wednesday. YouTube show. Our Spaces show. Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock at night. Check out the YouTube channel for Dolphins Today and media availabilities. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline, you're asleep. Still coming home, though.